2: a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Well, it's been a long time, Cody Heidschmidt. We are back. Roundup is back. Cody Heidschmidt is back. Dare I say out of retirement? Well, just off for Uh, a hiatus. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what's that called what's that made up bullshit that professors do when they just want to break what's that called sabbatical a sabbatical. sabbatical yeah
2: stupid you're on sabbatical okay cool listen man how long has it been since i physically have been in your presence i don't know i don't log that shit um i would say uh was it the alabama road
3: trip no Think about it.
0: When we were at Dallas together, but you just ignored my phone. We were there at the same time. But you just completely ignored me, so we never like physically got. Okay, ignored. so we didn't see
2: each other, so that doesn't count. When last did we physically see each other in person?
3: Touch hand to hand. I will make this weird.
0: Um, I don't know. It can't. the Alabama road trip was like three years ago. I'm telling you. No, we've been to shows. We did shows together since
2: then. I don't think so.
0: Maybe not. Anyway, it it doesn't matter. Long time that
2: we haven't seen each other. And uh, next week, it's a little bit of a different roundup today, but we're a big announcement. Next week, this week coming, this will drop on Monday. Thursday, I'll be landing in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um... I don't think I have. Sp- no, I lie because I've hunted elk in Colorado way back in the day. So I have spent a couple of nights in Colorado, but I don't think I've spent uh, time like purposely in Colorado outside of that elk hunt. Pretty amazing. Well, it's a beautiful place. Good people.
3: At least in our, at least in our region of the state.
2: Um, yeah, no, it's exciting. How far is Colorado Springs from Florence?
0: Uh, from Florence, 40
3: minutes. All right. Additional 20 to my house. 15, maybe. Okay. And the reason why we are, I am coming to Colorado, obviously to see you and
2: see your beautiful wife again. haven't seen her in a long time. Right. Um, But something very special is happening next week.
3: What is it, Cody? Well, the
0: event is the Colorado Outdoorsman Days, but the exciting thing for Blood Origins is uh, we are going to do the world premiere. Is it fair to say of our first feature? I don't know.
2: No, that's fair to say.
0: Long form. Long-form documentary?
2: Yeah, we've got one long-form documentary produced and finished, but nobody's ever seen it because it's going into the film festival space right now. Wine and water. But, and that has not been seen by anyone in the public eye. And so, yeah, Lionheart is our first full-length documentary. It's about just under 40 minutes. Um, and we've been talking about it for 18 months, and a lot of people are like, when is this coming out? When are we going to see Lionheart? And you've been extremely patient with us. And uh, the outdoorsman, um, outdoorsman Day next week in Colorado proved to be just the perfect opportunity, timing-wise, for us to do something publicly. And we're super excited to bring Lionheart publicly to the people of Colorado. We have some Lionhoundsmen in the film from Colorado, the Whitaker brothers. Uh, Justin Anglevich, who actually started this whole thing around Lionheart, uh, just texted me saying, hey, is Lionheart nearly done? And I said, yeah, it's done, man. It's um, color graded out, audioed out, ready to go around the world, essentially, to be submitted to film festivals. And then more, most importantly, to go on the road in the West at places like uh, these festivals and theaters and cinemas and you know, company conference centers or whatnots, but yeah, you know, or breweries. You know, whatever. We're gonna we're gonna try and put this thing on the road for the next six to ten months. I would say.
0: Yeah, pretty cool, and I'm excited about that. of also the the outdoor days is kind of a uh, Dan Gates and the Coloradoans for Responsible Wildlife Management and everything. Dan Dan Gates, When you ask him uh, what organizations he's a part of. A, it's a long list, but uh Colorado trappers and Ferrutter Association. Um, it's kind of a unique little festival or uh not festival the wrong word, a show, um, where there's gonna be uh you know, the majority of it is actually outdoors. Um there's gonna be all the way from fly fishing one oh one to skinning and field dressing a bear demonstrations, um, how to handle how to handle cats, how to handle mountain lions. Uh, once you, you know, once you've taken one, what do you do with it? And there'll be live uh, demonstrations of all that stuff. It. And, and uh, you know, it's also really cool that that whole thing's happened at 11 miles from my house. I like that. So if you're anywhere remotely driving distance and you have an interest in uh, outdoor stuff, whether it's hunting or fishing, um, I think that the festival itself, the festival is five, it's like an old driving, it's $5 to get in for your entire carload of people, however many people you can smash in your car, it costs $5. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. That's so cool.
0: CPW is in full cooperation, CPW is actually going to do a little presentation about the gigantic mountain lion, uh, it's actually a mountain lion and bobcat study that they have going on right now, how we on open. Um, they're going to do that kind of before um, we world premiere Lionheart, which is, uh, you know, a, a cool approach to it. Look at the science and the biology and then look at the dog side. Of it. Mm-hmm. And listen to the heart side
2: of things as well, which is the whole point of Lionheart is listening to these lionhoundsmen express to you in a, in a way that you've never heard them talk about lion hunting their relationship with their dogs before. And that was the whole point of Lionheart. That's what we set out to do when it came to Lionheart, is just tell a different side of these houndsmen that nobody's ever seen before.
3: Well, I think houndsmen would
0: take a ration. Of, I mean, I, I, I just I wish, I wish that you could put uh, everyone that is adamantly against hound hunting, I wish they knew. What goes into it and the joy that the dogs find in it, it, you know, and I think Lionheart does a pretty good job of,
3: of trying to relay that. You know, we um,
2: when we filmed Lionheart, Lionheart was pretty much filmed from Wyoming into Nevada, into Colorado, Montana, and down into southern Utah. So we really have captured the vast majority, the only ones that we didn't, you know, the other state that would, you would say that, you know, mountain lions um, is appropriate would be maybe Idaho. But I think we got like the big states where mountain lion hunting is king, except, you know, Arizona. Arizona, I would say, is another one.
0: Right, In Arizona and New Mexico with those driving guys down there, but yeah, we you know we did our best to cover a, a sloth of different uh, groups of people.
2: Yeah, and the people, you know, it's it was it was it was the the cast or the the talent, if you want to call it, when it comes to film, you know, we we have we have family units, we have two badass female lion houndsmen, um. You know, just guys that, you know, one of the things that we went into this with was very much a, we needed to find the right people. We couldn't just pick up any old houndsman. We had to make sure that we found people with integrity. And that people, we found people that really loved their dogs. And a lot of lionhoundsmen, and nothing against them, used their dogs as mere tools. but. I think there are a lot of lion houndsmen out there, and a narrative that is that they love their dogs tremendously, and the dogs are part of their family. And that's all about the dogs at the end of the day. It is, that is the thing that is this lion hunting community's lion houndsmen community. It's, it's all really about the dog.
0: Yeah, for the vast majority of them. I think even some of the guys that come across this gruff and say their dogs are just tools um, are a little different when we're not standing around watching them too. And, uh, and maybe their dogs are a little bit more than tools, but they're trying to act tough. So I was in the field sometimes. I've sensed that a few times when I've been around now so. But uh, yeah, I think what, we got a great group of talent. What happened to, have you
3: ever been on a, a mountain lion hunt? I have. Did you get one? I did not, but we did on the uh, hunt. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, uh, 600 yards from my house.
2: Oh, that's right. That's right. We talked about this already. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it. And you, uh, the whole like trapping study in, on the backside of your house and the mountain lion had put a, had a fresh kill there and you moved the kill and up and got the mountain lion all riled up and took a, a back leg and threw it in the cage for it to be caught, right?
0: Yeah, that was a, a little bit of a different... Yeah, but yes, all of that happened. Um, and then shortly after all of that, where we failed to get one trapped, um, and then when the season opened, we had, we had some tracks go right down the driveway. I called uh, some friends of mine that are hounds, and they called some friends. And I think I was... I, I don't think I was. I know that I was pretty blessed that it was about a 45-minute hunt. Um, because i know you know there's times that they chase them for hours and hours and hours Uh, but uh no it's incredible i that dog work only dog work i've ever been exposed to like that before was was uh coon hunting and it's the same thing it's just a little different to pull up to the tree and there's 160 170 pound cat up in the tree compared to a raccoon it uh it that's off a different set of senses on the, in the hair of the back of your neck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's amazing. And something that uh, I don't want to do it bad enough to like make the commitment to learn. Like, I just want to go with guys. Um, and we'll continue to do that around here. There's a lot of hounds been around here and it's not super hard. If you know guys, because in Colorado, you have to have a tag to chase. Okay. Um, in, in some states, you can just chase, you know, to train your dogs with no intention of a, of a kill. Um, in Colorado, somebody in the group has to have a tag. You can't chase the cat. So it's not hard to find guys to let you tag along
2: with if you know the right people. That's interesting. So, Colorado, you need to have a tag in your pocket. Other states, I actually didn't know this other states you can chase a lion with dogs without a tag in your pocket and tree a lion but obviously because you don't have a tag obviously you can't you can't really kill it but you can right. hunt it
0: there's also states where you're allowed like there's professionals that chase just to haze the cat just to yep, just to yep. move, move the cat out of an area um and you can do that as well you can you can. You don't have to harvest, obviously, um, but mm-hmm. also I want to say that I'm going off hearsay and have never read the, Never read this, but I'm I'm pretty confident in the hearsay that uh, in Colorado, someone in the group has to have a tag in the pocket. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong.
2: Okay, okay.
0: Well, I'm sure you'll get a bunch of text messages if you are wrong. Yeah, you know, six two zero eight six zero forty eight zero four. uh... Did you
2: receive any good text messages lately? Because we did ask people to um, text you and just say, hey, Cody, we're thinking of you, and we still love you.
0: (laughs) I don't don't know that I got any of those text messages. Um, Um, I have gotten uh, a few text messages.
3: Um, Chris from Utah um,
0: is always coming with... uh, great and long in-depth articles um he said us. Uh, he goes back he said it's a phenomenal discussion point about all of the uh hunt quietly discussions from the last time we had the guys from hunt quietly on Um dude hunt quietly man matt uh matt was on the we are
2: hunter podcast which is jeremy flynn and yeah. jared and uh they posted a little snippet of him on Instagram. <laughs> they posted like three thousand five hundred likes and had like five hundred comments. It's just like,
0: <laughs> if a Matt shows up, I don't. It's I, I just would, I would... engagement central. I want to give Matt truckloads of credit that he's forcing some conversations to have. I um, don't necessarily stand behind some of their methods or strategies or some of the statements that they make. Um, But they're forcing a conversation, a a conversation that needs to happen to happen. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm on their side with their statements, a hundred percent. But whoever is, you know, Matt has recruited a bunch
2: of people behind the scenes to help him, you know, think through things and whatnot. And kudos to Matt in that he seems to be listening. To the people
3: saying, hey, Pat, you,
2: you, you shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> right, right. Or you, let's just temper this a little bit. Let's change this. Let's, let's think about a different narrative. And it seems to be working. He seems to be listening. He seems to be morphing, which is impressive.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know the 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 passion that he has is is something that we need more and more people to have when they're when they're back at a cause. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I can't remember what was the guy's name that was on. the he had a, another gentleman on the podcast last time we we talked to him. Um, seemed like David. Yeah, yeah, seemed like a a reasonable guy that maybe could take Matt's passion and. uh just run things through a filter every once in a while before it goes out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Put it through a sieve. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And not, not take away the passion, just maybe, uh, take away some of the, uh, attacking bluntness
2: that Matt seems to have. Yep. 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 So that was the, our,
0: our regular from Utah. Is that, his name was Dave. Did you say? Chris. 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 Chris from Utah. He had some good points. Big, long, Thanks, and I always I love reading his stuff and he he also is good at sending us uh, updates of things going on around so Chris thanks for thanks for your input keep them coming um well when I know we've been a little uh, short on
3: uh, responding and getting things done with
0: the roundup lately but uh...
2: well you've been a busy busy beaver man you've got like 500 African vegetable plants to take care
0: yeah, of yeah yeah between gardening and fly fishing it's really been stressful <laughs> all that stuff i have done me and you and i went Thank fly you. fishing and i'm not even gonna tell people to state because we found out honey hole oh, really? we found out honey hole and fished for three days and never saw another fisherman i think we caught probably legitimately we caught 150 to 175 trout two days fish for two days jeez are you wade you were wade fishing uh yeah all 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 wade fishing and uh daryl caught six different species i caught five and you got jeez yeah i will say this did i tell you about my brook trout adventure up in idaho no did you get into him
2: yeah, so we went and filmed Glenn Eberly's Blood Origins episode, and Glenn owns the Cook Ranch. It's a very famous little inn holding, way up the back of the Frank Church Wilderness. It's on like the north rim of the the north rim of the Salmon River watershed. Yep. So there's this big open meadow where the camp, the cabin is, and whatnot, and there's this you know high mountain stream that runs through it, constantly perennial, cold water grateful cold plunges. We cold plunged every day. But a lot of people don't know that I learned the first, the way that I learned to fish was fly fishing. That's how I learned in Leidenberg in the mountains of South Africa. So I said to Glenn, I said, hey, can we, can we fly fish? And he's like, yeah, we can fly fish. And I found the smallest fly I could find and tied it on. And the creek was, I'd never actually fished this way before. I'd, I'd seen a lot of people do it, but you're talking about a creek that's maybe 10 feet, 50, 20 feet wide, right? And so there's no casting. It's really pulling out your backing and flipping the fly into an eddy or flipping it right. into fast flowing water and then giving it, enough le- you know, giving it enough wiggle room to get down deep down into some pools or some, some places that you want the fly to go. Cody, that first day, the first hour, I must have caught 25 fish. Yeah, I love those places. I love little water. And thumpers. Like, little, like I don't know what a brook chart's supposed to be. You know, I was told, like, six inches is a, good, is a good fish. The second day I fished was two hours. I caught probably 40 to 50 fish. And I legitimately caught one that was
0: almost probably eight to nine inches. Yeah, in water like that, that's a great, that's a great brook they, they they get bigger, you know. It's just very much the size of the water dictates the size of it. We caught yeah, you, yeah, yeah. we caught brook trout in 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 Utah. I just gave up the state that I wasn't going to give up. <laughs> I caught multiple fish where I was straddling the water. Oh, really? like I had a I had a foot on dry land on either side of the water.
2: But what size fish are
0: those? Like little six, six inches inch
2: brooks, six inch brookies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was fascinating, and you you can tell me how this works, and maybe there are different subspecies, but Cody, I legitimately caught three trout that looked completely different. They all had like the white line under the fin, the the sort of, uh, I, I think it's the caudal fins, which are the fins underneath, but they all were just super different... Colorations. There was the the distinctive like dots. I assume from a brook trout. Then there was almost some banding on some. There was a green. There was a pure black. It was incredible.
0: Well, there, there's a lot of. Um, I think it was like 60s, 70s, and early 80s. Um, in an attempt to save trout, there was a ton of hybridizing done. Hey. Um. And there still is some, so a bro, I, I think a brook and a brown is a tiger trout. Um, and that, a tiger trout, what about, uh, does, a, does a brook and a cutthroat, do they hybridize? Um, I don't know the answer to that. But, you know, the cutthroat has that very distinctive orange under the, under the gill plates. Um, we caught a, a, a ton of those as well. Yeah. And, and then every fish varies, you know, you get different variations of different fish. And I've seen brookies that looked more like tigers and then brookies that looked more like browns and, and uh, mm-hmm. they can go in all different directions. But
2: that was the first time I fished for brook trout and it was, it was idyllic dude. Like, and I figured out the water, you know, like I could see, like I could tell, okay, I'm not going to catch anything in this stretch of water. But then I would get close to a bank and be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slam fish here. And I'd pull eight, nine fish and then say, okay, I'll am going to, i walk downstream a little bit more to get some more fish.
0: Yeah. It was unbelievable. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. There's no doubt about it. And it's, I think it's because it's fishing that's more like hunting as opposed to mm-hmm. fishing that's like fishing. And I, I think that's why I love to do it so.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other text messages? I don't oh. think so.
2: All right. Well, those of you that have stopped text messaging us, start text messaging us again. Uh hopefully we can get Cody back off of his sabbatical and back into the roundup a little bit more. We've still got a Chromebook issue with Cody that we are sorting out. Um and now I can see something that I've never seen before on the computer screen. So, are you still there? Yeah, that's what I expected. I You have disappeared because I see minus 214 dBFS. So, anyway, no more text messages and Cody just left. So, if you can, send us a text message. 620-860-4804. I believe it's a text message. I, I always rely on Cody to do that. But six two zero eight six zero four eight zero four. I got it right. I did get it right. If you are in and around Colorado, in and around Florence, Colorado, next week, this Friday, coming, um, as Cody said, you can get in the outdoorsman day for five bucks a car. Come enjoy the outdoors. At four o'clock, the doors open to the tent, the Pathfinder in Pathfinder Park, where CPW is going to do a big presentation about their lion research. Then. What we will do is 5: 30. We will be handing tickets out all day long. so if you come find me or come find Cody, we'll, we'll leave some tickets around. That ticket is not for entry. you can get in for free, but it is for dinner. So we are paying by head, so the tickets, you need to hand in the ticket to get some food. And uh, we'll get some food starting at 5:30, and at 6 o'clock we will start Lionheart. And um, I hope you guys can make it. I hope that) It will be everything that you think it will be. I I love it, I may be biased. it's the best lion hunting lion houndsman documentary I think that has been ever produced, uh, especially in given the diversity of people that we have on it. So uh, unfortunately Cody is gone, he's not coming back. so again text message us, give us some questions, send us some articles, uh, let us discuss what's happening around the world if you See anything happening, DM us through Blood Origins, DM us through Facebook, uh, email us at info at bloodorigins.com. If you are in the area of Colorado next Friday, sorry, not this this coming Friday, come by. Come see us, come introduce yourself. I'll be honored to shake your hand. I'd love to meet you and come see an amazing film that we've been working really hard over the last 18 months uh, to showcase for you. So anyway short, sharp, to the point roundup today, boys and girls. Uh, thank you so much. If you have an opportunity, leave a review, leave a rating for us on Apple or Spotify. The only way that we can start climbing the charts, the podcast space is crowded, crowded, crowded. We need all the help we can get uh, to lift our head above the the flood of podcasts. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll check you next week. Cheers, mate.